Welcome to Thieves Gapfest, a chapter-by-chapter page-to-screen analysis of the Harry Potter series. I'm Sarah Day. I'm James. And I'm Meeks. And today we're analyzing chapter 14, Norbert the Norwegian Bridgeback. This is an hour and 38 minutes and 39 seconds through an hour and 42 minutes and 35 seconds of the film. It's quite a dramatic chapter this week as the trio discover and try to sneak a dragon out of Hogwarts before Hagrid gets into trouble, only to get into trouble themselves. If you're new here, we tend to gab about moments that happen later in the books and the films, so this is your warning, Ickle Firsties. Spoilers lie ahead. Before we begin, a message from the Daily Prophet. No one wants to wait hours for a potion to brew. Ditch the cauldron and order a Blendjet 2 portable blender today. Sure to get you invited to Slughorn's parties, the Blendjet 2 makes blending so easy and convenient. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up your potions even while riding a broomstick. It's small enough to fit in your cloak, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like frozen fruit and lacewing flies with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning potion without waking up the whole common room. Lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. That, that's a muggle contraption. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. I really want to get the black one and add the Hufflepuff logo. Yes. Yeah, and I want a blue one so that it'll match, well, Ravenclaw, but also my kitchen counters. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, super important. It's got to yeah. match the ki- kitchen counters. It's nice and convenient if that can happen. Black goes with anything, so I think I'm good. Yeah, it's true. Well, what are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code GABFEST12 to get 12% off your order and two free day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code GABFEST12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Welcome back, listeners. James, can you give us some feedback? I will always be glad to give feedback. So, Karen, our British correspondent, says a dressing gown is a robe, and she has also informed us that the pronunciation of scone is regional in the UK. Karen pronounces it like an O, with an O, sorry, with an O like in gone, so scone. Scone. I was curious. Thank you, Karen, for letting us know. I really songs. figured a dressing gown was a robe too. I yeah. Well, I, I, maybe I hoped a dressing gown was a robe. <laughs> well, I figured it was with the if that was the direct translation for like the Americanized version of it. But that's mm-hmm. like so that just seems so formal to still call it a dressing gown. <laughs> it is pretty formal. 
Thank you, Do you Karen. have a review or feedback for us, Meeks? I, I do. Zuhara Lee on Facebook says, playing catch up on the podcast and two thoughts I never thought listening to this podcast would make me hope. Or, oh, and two thoughts. I never thought listening to this podcast would make me hope they get sitcom directors to handle some of these episodes. You're welcome for putting that in your brain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with the host love for MCU. Oh, that's true listeners if you didn't listen to our very 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 first episode we ever did we met through a um an mcu podcast facebook group is where and then discord server is where we like the three of us started talking so um our our introduction to each other started with the mcu okay back to the review with the host love for mcu there's two things disney does that the wizarding universe could have a field day with Shorts like I Am Groot to have adventures with Ravenclaw, Slytherin, and Hufflepuff doing their things and show more of their world. We could have an episode with Luna and even one with Crab and Goyle and give them an opportunity to show how they are just uh, how they are just as students in a school. The last thing would be a What If series with one of the episodes having to be What If Harry Did Join Slytherin. Naturally, I'd be excited if these two were animated, but they'd be fun watches either way. And I'll take that moment to <laughs> shout out Animation Deliberation, uh, the podcast that Sue Harrelly hosts. I would love it if they did, they pulled a Disney and did all the shorts and all of the, oh, yeah. you know, interconnective stuff. That would be so fun. Yeah. They like, they have the content. They might exactly. as well. They could. Yeah. Yeah. Just another way to make more money to like add in all of those, if that's what they care about, you know. <laughs> Well, at HBO slash Max, they are hopping on the, like, prequel and sequel train. Um, so we'll see if they'll pick up some of these ideas for the shorts I Am Groot style. Yeah. The interesting thing is, for me was the what if uh, scenario. Like, there's so many people that play off of that. Like, what if this happened or what if this happened? Uh, when they when people theorize and like talk about Harry Potter like that's like just one of the main topics and so it would just be very interesting to like imagine a world uh, that would be completely different if Sirius Black except like had Harry Potter as like his godson and lived with him for a little bit because he wasn't uh, because he wasn't like like that that. or what (laughs) like what if Harry like uh, what if Harry never uh, played Quidditch or so, you know stuff like that. Oh, yeah. what if Voldemort did choose Neville instead of Harry? Yeah, I feel like oh. that would be one of the biggest ones. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just yeah. you know just the possibilities of like what everything could be like. What just I just yeah, would, yeah. would love if, love that endless endless yeah. scenarios. Yeah, they really do have an entire universe to work off of. Well, we're also adding a a tiny sort of segment in this feedback portion of the episodes uh, because we do post on Reddit a sort of discussion question and um, for the last chapter uh, entitled Quidditch uh, we asked how folks would like to see Quidditch portrayed in the show and two comments here from Willow536 says, I'd like to see Quidditch casually in the background. Walking through the halls, you see a few Hufflepuffs team uniforms in the background. Introduce Cedric in a game in Prisoner of Azkaban. Have the trio discussing Malfoy at 
a Ravenclaw Slytherin game in Chamber of Secrets, show how much Harry is struggling not to play Quidditch for two years, etc. Quidditch needs to be more present directly and indirectly in the series. And then JR Style 93 says, don't show every full match only when it's plot relevant, although you can sometimes start an episode with the match and then showing Harry immediately catching the snitch, and then the commenter can tell how the match went and then transition into another scene. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, I get, I, I, I could understand why somebody wouldn't want to watch every single Quidditch match that happens in the books. Because they could get pretty uh pretty repetitive or or mm-hmm. non-relevant to like the story or take away something from what's actually going on but like having it having the episode start with a quidditch match that like you know intrigues me with like the like the potential mm-hmm. possibilities of how they're gonna like mold and shape the story they can even yeah. do like a really quick shall i say montage of... i know that's what <laughs> i was thinking too of the quidditch match like whatever whichever one it is because you know, some of them are more important than others. And some of them aren't even really detailed out in the book, like Ravenclaw Hufflepuff playing, for example, you know, like we don't really. Or just having like um, conversations between the trio yeah. at a Quidditch match. Pretty right. fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think a yeah, mix of the definitely. two commenters having it, you know, just a, a quick little scene or two and Quidditch in the background, like seeing Cedric or um in his uniform in the background in a later mm-hmm. season that kind of thing i think would be just a or, nice nod to the or interviewing the quidditch players after they're done like no matter what <laughs> house they're from like if they did if they did the interview style that they do for shows now um mm-hmm. and like interviewing them about like how the game was like and just having some just like funny little lines just for a quick scene that would be yeah. that would be funny but i think that i think that um this is becoming more and more common but i think where um, filmmakers and television writers are, they're like appreciating that sometimes like either slow dialogue or um, teasing out the story more is a good thing. Cause I feel like that TV used to be really slow and movies used to be really slow and long. Mm-hmm. And then it went like really, really fast. Everything went really fast. And we thought that we needed to do like everything had to be a giant scene. And then I feel like we're going back and kind of balancing it out in the middle. So things like, just talking at a Quidditch match, I think totally add to the story, you know? Yeah. Even if they mm. seem like they're just kind of filler. I think I I'm all for it. I would watch any of that. It's just of. that world building and just having yeah. like it's such a huge it's the only school sport. So just to have right. that in the background and just there, um, and just having that sense that Quidditch is a big thing, especially to Harry, I think would be nice to see the show do. No, yes. yeah, definitely. You know what I really want to see? Um, mm. Because don't, aren't there groups of people who like play Quidditch? Like they run around with a broomstick between their legs? In and- real life, you mean? Yes, yeah. <laughs> there are. Oh, yes. There's a whole like um, kind of like, like LARPing, yeah, yeah. but for Quidditch. So what I, I really, I've done it once. Okay. What I really want to see is in this show, um, like during the summer, you know, when everybody's not at school. Uh, a group of witches and wizards go to a muggle Quidditch match where it's like people in the real world are like doing this, the Quidditch that we do in real life. 
And but it's like witches and wizards watching that. That uh, would be funny. However, <laughs> I, I I I love the idea, but in this world, muggles wouldn't know about Quidditch. Okay, fine. That's true. All right. All right. <laughs> I know. Sorry to burst your bubble. That's no, fine. I just have to make my own show then. I will make <laughs> one comment though, because as you said, the interview portion of like how how this show could be scripted as a like as like an interview thing, and they're like interviewing random people and all that stuff. For some reason, I had the thought of like Rita Skeeter just going around Hogwarts yes. and like interviewing oh all gosh. these people. And just being like, oh my god, you're she, she just like chooses like yeah, she just like chooses this random person and just is like, so what do you think about this? This <laughs> oh my right. god, and her yes. quill is just going off. You know that reminds me of Elsie Kentworthy and Princess Diaries and how she just like keeps popping up to do her little news stories and stuff. And so it would be a little bit of a different style for this Harry Potter show. But anybody who is obsessed with Princess Diaries like I am and who knows what I'm talking about, I that's like what I'm imagining in my head. And I would love that. But I want, I totally want to see her do little interviews with the students. Okay, wait. And Sarah Day, I'm going to argue with you for a second. There are mm -hmm. muggles who know about Quidditch because there are, you know, like uh, mudbloods who were born and so their parents then know about the wizarding world. So I feel like I am determined to want this to happen because I feel like their the ministry be... of magic would not let muggles have a quidditch. No, but imagine it. It's it's like, no, they wouldn't actually ride on the like they wouldn't fly because they can't fly. So it would, it would be safe enough. But I feel like there's a group out there of muggles who know about the wizarding world and they keep it. They respect it and they keep it safe. But they like really want to do quiz. I feel like I'm I'm sticking with that in my head, and I'm going to <laughs> manifest it into existence. Uh, well, thank you, Willow five three six and Jr Style ninety three for your comments on the Reddit post. And if you're on Reddit, join um, the I believe the subreddit is called Harry Potter on HBO, and look forward to our Wednesday posts. But that was a great conversation about Quidditch, uh, but we are here to talk about Chapter 14. Dragons. About dragons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dragons. Gotta love them. So, you know, there's a, a little bit of um, juxtaposition before we get into this library scene. Um, Hermione creates study schedules, exams are approaching, and then we're in the library and the trio run into Hagrid, who is hiding some books behind his back. Um, and then it turns out Ron goes to check what section he was in. And he comes back and says he was in the dragon section and was looking about all these books about dragons. Can you imagine a big guy like Hagrid trying to be like all nonchalant about being in the library and being like all coy with like his hands behind his back? And like knocking down a lamp. Like I can just imagine Madame Pinson in the background having a heart attack just because Hagrid's like being all like clumsy in her mm -hmm. library and she's just like, ah! you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we have to imagine it because this was entirely cut from the film. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really love to see this scene in the show. Yeah. I think there's a lot of humor mm -hmm. in it. Um, that would be really great to see on the screen yeah i totally agree um yeah i just i don't have much more to say other than i totally want to see that too 
Um, he, Hagrid, finally sends an owl in the books to the trio, letting him know that the egg is hatching in the film. However, all of this sort of happens in one scene. Um, we go immediately from the last chapter to Hagrid's hut. Mm-hmm. Um, so learning Whereas in the Nicholas book, Rommel. they meet him in the library. They go and visit him to ask questions about the stone and then discover that he has an egg. And then they go back and they're just like, great, he has an egg and it's illegal. Like, what are we going to do? Right. They the- basically take this whole chapter and condense it down to one scene. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because in the scene, wasn't it like light outside in the scene where they were like walking to Hagrid's house? Yes. And then it became dark and all of a sudden now they're in trouble for being outside of the common room after dark because they were at Hagrid's. Like, it doesn't make any sense on their part (laughs) to have been like, you guys weren't paying attention to the schedule. Like, come on. Right. I noticed that too. Um, And the whole. uh, Okay. So first of all, they cut out the whole Charlie getting the the dragon, all of that planning. Uh, They also cut out Neville again. And I, we've talked so much already about cutting out these important Neville scenes. Just away from his. Yeah. I just read the book. He's not in the he's not in this chapter. Yeah. How did I miss Neville? I don't I miss Neville. He too. gets caught at the end. Did I read the next chapter? Oh, at the end. Oh. Yeah. You might caught. have read the next chapter because the chapter ends with Harry and Hermione getting caught by Filch. Okay. Well, we'll save the Neville conversation for next week. <laughs> I'm like confused. I was like very confused. I was like Neville wasn't in this at all. What are you talking about? I'm getting ahead of myself. But <laughs> they did cut to Charlie, um, so we can have that conversation, and we'll yes. save the Neville conversation for next week. For next but week, get ready, listeners, because there will be a Neville conversation. <laughs> they cut peeves too. How dare they? Ugh. As usual, he had, yeah. I mean, well, he was, yeah, he's he a big part or anything, but. I mean, he's just playing with a tennis ball against the wall in front of the great entrance. That's just going to be another really fun, continuous thing in the show. Just even if he's in the background causing havoc mm-hmm. or if he's has lines in the foreground of what we're watching, <laughs> just having him around is going to be a really nice addition. Yeah, it definitely would. It, it definitely changes the tone i feel like in in a lot of in a lot of circumstances oh yeah i mean the and one of the main things that we keep coming back to every single episode is how they they took away a lot of the humor um when they made the movies and yep. a huge part of that is peeves even though he doesn't always have big parts but it's just like another thing that they cut they yeah, made all he's the just the comic back. relief yeah the comic relief without the comic relief being the character that everybody always makes fun of. I really don't like that trope that's in a lot of right with Neville. You mean? Well, yeah, not. I mean, they don't do that. The books don't really have that necessarily with Neville because I feel like she more writes it as a way to demonstrate character growth. I feel like in a lot of TV shows, especially, there's like always a character in the group that everybody just makes fun of the character, and that's like they. They think that that's like what the audience wants to see is like always having one character that everyone kind of makes fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I just don't really like love that. So anyways, my, I guess my point, which now it, I, I made it a much bigger point than it needs to be, but, but he's like, <laughs> he's like the comic relief without it being at the expense of somebody else, I guess is my point. So I like Peeves as a comedy relief because, because of that, like he's not, because he's not a comedic relief in the sense that like all the other characters are making fun of him and they think that that's what's funny. He just is right, right, right. funny. I really want to see a different dragon breed. So they only briefly mention it here in this chapter, obviously in book four, there's more dragons that are introduced, but I would love to see, I mean, maybe that can be one of the shorts that Zuhara Lee directs is um, <laughs> <laughs> more stuff about different dragon breeds. Um, you know, there's like a whole thing. Well, we thought we were going to get stuff like that with Fantastic Beasts. And then they they just like spiraled out of control with those films and turned them into something totally different. Um, I, yeah, I definitely <laughs> would like to comment on that. When I first heard about that series coming out, I was like, oh, we get to like go and explore like the world of Harry Potter and see mm -hmm. all of these magical beasts. And then it somehow turned into a subplot of Dumbledore versus Grindelwald. And I was like. This makes me feel conflict conflicted inside because yeah. I wanted one thing and I didn't get it kind of sort of because like they showed a bunch of magical creatures, which is still kind of cool, but it wasn't what I was expecting. But then it ended up being something that I did want to see, but it was like not the center of all of the attention. Right, like right. if you're going to do a if you're going to do Dumbledore versus Grindelwald, that needs to be the main focus of the story. Like, the yeah. They could have, they should have done a real Fantastic Beast series that is focused on that. Like in the first book or the first movie, obviously they, that was much more of the focus of what was going on. Oh yeah, definitely. And then they should have just made a little series out of that. And then they should have had a separate series that was like the history of Dumbledore or however they wanted to title it. And it was about Dumbledore and Grindelwald and that would have been fine. Like both stories were great. I don't understand <laughs> why they tried to like well, and everything together. WB has really kind of, um, and that's Warner Brothers, has really kind of fumbled mm -hmm. the past few projects. Um, but I think with this merger with HBO um, and what Max can bring to the table will yeah. really help them out. Yes, I agree. They should do Fantastic Beasts, the remake. <laughs> for a tv show or something and yeah. do that anyways because uh, I, I would truly love to see the dumbledore versus oh, yeah. old stuff like i was no, i definitely. am still very sad that that f the five movies isn't yeah. happening anymore heartbroken yeah. about that <laughs> no they're great um i just find it weird content. that they combined yeah, yeah. the two yeah. of them together no, i think the fan base is pretty much all on the same page that this was like they should have split it yeah it, it was really weird <laughs> Um, because the tie the title doesn't make any sense like, fantastic beasts after and the, crimes the of grindelwald. it's like what yeah like fantastic beasts and the crimes of grindelwald I'm like okay like what Be right. the first one the first one was the, fine yeah. like fantastic beasts and where to find them oh cool that's awesome but right. then you had that little subplot leading into grindelwald and dumbledore and now now the title doesn't make any sense because mm -hmm. that's the, the focus of the film anymore right and right and they kind of forced the fantastic beast yeah. into each film i thought <laughs> yeah they especially did. the third one. Oh my god yeah they had it like right at the end they're like oh we'll make an animal right this yeah it's like okay, yeah yeah can't make a whole movie but anyway back to dragons um 
and yeah. I have a I have a question when they're in the hut. Karen, our British correspondent, and anybody else who knows what stoat sandwiches are, can you please um, describe to us your experience with stoat sandwich sandwiches? Because we definitely do not have anything called stoat over here. Yeah, I'm very curious as to what that is. And I could Google it, but it's more fun to hear. From yeah, it's more fun to let Karen answer. <laughs> well, because she's there, she knows. Exactly. I want anecdotal experience with what the stoat sandwiches are. I don't want the internet to tell me. Um, another thing that I highlighted in this scene was Hermione using a warm, flattering voice to yes. of, to soothe Hagrid. I, I knew you were going to comment on this. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. And I... Like, especially as an 11 year old to like have that to know that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) definitely want to see that in the show because I think that's uh, I think that that's really funny. And then we already mentioned that Charlie is missing and he's a very big part. I mean, well, he's a very big thing to take out, I should say, of the Mm storyline as a whole, because he comes up so often, even if it's just in passing, that to like completely have him removed is really weird. And right. They don't even bring up. Do they even mention him in in the fourth movie? Mm, Um, I I think doesn't. I have to go back and watch it. I feel like Ron or Hagrid complaining about that says his name at one point, but now I don't remember. But he's not there with the dragons. Yeah. So I mean, it would just be a really cool both Charlie and Bill. We do get Bill in the movies, um, but to take out Charlie is just. Like towards Sad. the end, we get Bill like towards the end, six and seven, right? Basically. And that's only because he marries Floor, and they're you know they have to have the cottage, and so it's just you know I my problem with the films often is that they bring characters back for a a plot purpose or for an emotional impact, like Dobby came back just to kill him off, and so just to have these characters coming back throughout the series just to give it more well depth. Um, is going to be hopefully <laughs> nice to see. Mm-hmm. Well, and see their and see the their lives be impacted about what's going on between Harry and Voldemort and all these other stuff is just going to be really cool. But yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it it's not any fault of the films. I'll, I'll go in and say the films did their best to kind of include as much as they can. Uh, but there is just certain things that we feel like. This is for the listeners mainly, not for you two. Listeners, like this is like there are certain things that we feel like were were super simple to just throw in there that yeah. wouldn't have changed anything, that wouldn't have like added any time or cost any more in the budget that you could have just kept in the film and be a more be a more closer adaptation to the book. And like, even if they had to, even if it was too expensive and they didn't have enough time to film an entire scene of Harry and Hermione taking Norbert to Charlie's friends, great. You could have at least added Norbert got sent to Charlie Weasley uh, to live with him in Romania. Like you could have just added one simple line for Hagrid to say, to explain to the kids while they were going to their detention with Hagrid. Right. And be like, boom, there it is. That's it. So it's just very interesting to see like how these things are added in there and how we, we feel like 
later after having watched these films for so long in our lives what they could have done to keep it as a closer adaptation to the film i mean book i'm trying to remember what was in this chapter because i apparently read ahead and i'm also like i i can see the film in my mind too so hermione was with them and the three of them got caught but ron is not in the this because he gets bit by the dragon so he's in the hospital yes. so it's just her, harry and hermione yeah. um but all three of them are in the film so they took out neville spoiler alert um and kept ron in yes um i um i guess i don't really mind it but we'll talk Mal- about it next and malfoy malfoy gets caught by professor mcgonagall in her tartan yeah. robe and hairnet. Oh yeah, okay. definitely. Which I and really Hermione's see. all excited about it. Yeah, and she says, "I could sing," and Harry says, "Don't, don't." <laughs> <laughs> he advises her. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, a couple, couple quick things that I, that I um, am remembering now um, that I highlighted. Uh, okay, so a funny clicking noise coming from inside the egg when the dragon was hatching. Do we ever know what that is? Like why there was a clicking noise? Maybe he's just like breathing fire in there. Oh my god, that's so cute. <laughs> so cute to think about a little dragon inside of an egg breathing fire in a little egg. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was just curious about that because I feel like that was interesting to pointed out that there was a funny clicking noise coming from inside yeah, the know. egg. I don't have an answer. The way, that, the way that I think about it is that those gas stoves, when you turn them on, yeah. you hear that oh little clicking sound. Oh my gosh, yes. Before the flame comes in. So exactly. maybe maybe the gross. dragons is trying to start the fire, but oh just can't yes. start the fire at oh the moment. Oh my gosh. So adorable. <laughs> I didn't really think it was cute like Migs did until you said that, James. Now I think it was cute. <laughs> Justice for Norbert and being cute. <laughs> and being cute. Um, and right. <laughs> how much this dude grows within a small amount of time. Like, oh Yeah, my I mean, gosh. it's only like a week, right? It can't be much more. It's like a right? week and a half. Like, yeah. I think a week and a half on passes. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Because um, one whole week passes and he's already grown up. And then they have to wait another week to get to Saturday to send him off to Charlie's. Mm-hmm. Oh my! So yeah, all it's almost slow. been like two weeks, and that's right. it. One of I guess dragons do have um, a lot of growing to do. <laughs> they are pretty big creatures. Pretty big. Um, another thing that I want to see. Oh wait, I just had an idea. Okay, okay. Another thing that I'm gonna that I want to see when this becomes uh, the Harry Potter universe, the HPU, and then turns into the PU. multiverse. <laughs> And then, it turn- <laughs> and then it and then it child into the multiverse and in the multiverse there is uh, they cross with um game of thrones dragon oh <laughs> i i am gonna make this happen okay um, <laughs> what i actually was thinking of um other little notes that i have when hermione says hagrid you live in a wooden house after they find out that he's trying to hatch a dragon i thought that that was really like um adorably funny again for an 11 year old to it would have been great to see emma watson say that line too yes Mm -hmm. it really would have um when they are between the stage when they've like 
uh, seen the egg and before it hatches. And then Ron is just like, he sighs and says, I wonder what it's like to have a peaceful life. Um, that's like one of those Ron-isms where mm -hmm. he just like, he's good comedic relief as well, where he just has like pretty funny lines that are kind of above his age, you know, um, that they of course take out of the film because they have to flatten everybody's character. Uh, and then Norbert feeding, drinking a bucket of brandy and half a bucket and then mixed with chicken blood. Um, I think that's really funny. And I also, I mean, I want to see, not, okay, I don't necessarily need to like see that getting mixed up, but I want to see like more information about, again, more world building, about more details about stuff like that. Um, but also, I haven't looked it up. Is that like in uh, outside of the HPU? Is that like what dragons would eat as they're growing up? Like, is that a, it did she, did JK Rowling pull that from like mm. real, you know, quote unquote, real dragon lore or? Well, I'm not sure because, um, Madam, uh, who is the Bobaton headmistress? Maxine. 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 Uh, when they arrive, she is explaining to Dumbledore that her horses only drink malt whiskey. So um, another creature that drinks some alcohol. Might just I guess, be a J.K. Rowling funny I thing. guess alcohol just has an interesting property for magical I'm creatures. Gonna, I'm going to uh, mark this down or put down some notes for us to look this up afterwards so that we don't forget. Because I'm curious. Yeah, or I will look at my bestiary book. Your bestiary book. Well, I don't have much more to talk. I have one more point to say about the last line of the chapter. So if anybody has any thoughts before we get to that, feel free. Well, I mean... It's it it definitely is an interesting chapter, and I feel like I feel like it was it 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 was kind of like half of the stuff that was it, it's like half of the stuff made it into the film, and half of the stuff was stayed out of the book. When I was reading through it uh, right before we recorded this episode, I was just like, I feel like half of this stuff was relevant to the film and the other half of the stuff was taken out and like stayed out. And it's just interesting how that fluctuates between chapters and how they choose, choose like what is relevant information to this adaptation and what is not relevant, like relevant. Cause it makes me wonder like how that thought process goes. And it makes me wonder, like, how, like, who comes up with, like, those decisions of, oh, this chapter wasn't very important. We're just going to smush it into, like, 30 seconds of film and boom. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it makes me wonder because there was one chapter where we barely had anything. And there was another chapter that, like, almost the entire chapter made it into the film. And so, like, we get these fluctuating differences of time each mm -hmm. time that we're, we're going over a chapter you announce like how much of that chapter made it into this film and it's just it's just interesting to see how that fluctuates because i think it was what was it it was um the last chapter the chap nicholas the nicholas female chapter that like film wise without that deleted scene it was like 30 seconds right long. and there's no deleted scene here Nope, that was the last deleted scene. Was last week's. Mm. 
everything else is uh, the same uh, from the original to the extended version. But anyways, I just wanted to mention like how that, that's an interesting thought process. And hopefully mm-hmm. as they're doing this as in a TV show format, that approach is different and they feel like they can cram more information in and be able mm-hmm. to to be able to to add more information into the in, into this adaptation and be able to say hey we have a lot more wiggle room we can include a lot more things and develop a lot more stuff going forward instead of just going oh we only have to like we have to make this like two hours worth i've been monopolizing the conversation a lot so i'm waiting if somebody else wants to talk as well i'm just gonna double check one thing in my book i have my notes for the lightning round and then i have my my things for the categories at the end i do think it's uh i just remembered i wanted to like mention this i do think it's adorable that hermione is celebrating that malfoy got to detention like you're just like seeing just a little bit of Hermione's rebellious side now because of her, her, the influences of Harry and Ron on her. And you can kind of tell that she's got that little dark side now of being like, oh, yes, like vengeance, a sweet kind of scenario. And I think it was kind of cool that she was just like on the top of the tower and being like doing a little jig and being like, <laughs> yes, Malfoy's in detention. Like Hermione before she she was friends with harry mm-hmm. ron would have never done that she would have been like i told you so like you guys would have gotten in trouble but the fact that she's celebrating the little victory is kind of shows that the influence is working both ways she's a mm-hmm. better influence for them but they're also an influence on her <laughs> and it starts the, the chapter starts out with her creating study schedules for them so mm-hmm. it that's the example of her influencing them Not that they love that. (laughs) (laughs) So the last line of the chapter is, um, well, I'm sorry, second to last line of the chapter is Filch saying, well, 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 he whispered, we are in trouble. And I have a vivid memory of that being in the trailer. And this is not what happened in the film. They are found by McGonagall. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I had to go look it up. And that is actually in the second film that Filch catches Ron and Harry and says, Whoa. well, well, we are in trouble. And I was like, I knew I saw it, but they completely took it out of this film and put it into that one. That's funny. Yeah, you're wow. right. Because I I would have said that it was in the first. I've seen the films so many times. that I'm sure all three of us have seen them so many times. And so you're right. I would have thought that it was this movie. Yeah, because so, that's it's such a quotable line like yeah. and it was in the trailer for the first movie yes no 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 well, I, well no because it's in the second film so i imagine it was in the trailer i just remember it yeah, yeah. vividly you know the harry potter trailer and having that line mm-hmm. and it's such an iconic filch line and yeah. i can just see it and so when i was watching the segment and that didn't happen and I had just read that line in the book. I'm like, wait a minute, where did that line go? Because this is not a Mandela effect. I know that this is real. That's what I was gonna <laughs> just about to say that's like a Mandela effect. That's well, funny. I mean, it's it, it's probably if you probably ask anybody, they probably would have said, "Oh, that's in the first film." Like right. a lot of us, like I think all of us would have been like, if we had to be given the choice, we would have been like, "Oh, that's film one." But because it was put into film two, that's kind of where that Mandela effect is happening. It's mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. how 
it's just like how et uh it's the et one where it's like et phone home but it's um actually et home phone huh or like how star wars goes luke i'm your father like everybody quotes luke i am your father and it, it's actually not that at all it's it's, it's uh, completely father, different right? yeah he's just i am your father he's like yeah. no i am your father and it's just like <laughs> oh what the heck is going on so, so it's just it's just one of those things it's like a little mini mandela effect where we're always yeah. like thinking it's this one thing but in reality it's always been the other thing because that's just how our brains work that's how our brains work. Um, and we know that Meeg's brain works in lightning rounds. So are we ready for the Meeg's lightning round? We Definitely. are. Okay. Um, Hermione color coding the schedules. We've already touched on that a couple times. And it's really funny because that's like very uh, natural for like all the way down to baby Meeg's to do something like that. But I actually didn't really do a lot of scheduling stuff or like color coding notes when I was younger because I kind of relied on just doing everything by the seat of my pants. So it's like I always wanted to be really organized, but I never actually followed through with that. And then now as an adult, I'm much more organized like Hermione so it was kind of fun reading that thinking about how I was when I was younger and like very first reading these books um okay and then fluffy growling uh in inside of the third floor corridor would they like go and check to make sure that fluffy's still there it made me think about like I would love to see fluffy being taken care of like a little short uh you know, an I am Groot type of short where Fluffy's being taken care of while he's just in a quarter <laughs> by himself for a year. Oh, caged up. You're yeah. right. Poor Fluffy. I know. I don't love it. I imagine no wonder Hagrid's he's grumpy. One. Yeah. yeah. I imagine Hagrid's the one taking care of him, but I, I definitely, yeah. I need more um, transparent information about how that um, animal rights is going. Um, my guess is not well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I really want to see Hagrid singing a lullaby to Norbert um, when like Ron was going to take care of Norbert and he's like, Hagrid was singing him a lullaby when I left or something. Um, and then um, it, I thought it was really cute that they thought, the trio thought that Madame Pomfrey would not know what a dragon bite was. She's like, her job is to be able to heal um, right. like all sorts of magical injuries and like I feel like that would be a, a big thing that any healer would be taught well, and that's like kid logic for you I know it's so cute because I remember very... when I read it when I was younger I was like oh my goodness like I hope she doesn't find out and now when I read it I'm like of course she knew what was going on but it's interesting you say that though I that a lot of people make the comment on how like dangerous it is at the school every single year yeah. that Harry's going, <laughs> but I feel like maybe they get away with it because they just have an amazing nurse <laughs> and an amazing right. hospital wing that literally fixes everything. Cause you send them to Madame Pomfrey and boom, Madame Pomfrey automatically like knows what to do. Like a whole yeah. school year you're getting, kids and people petrified and she's like oh it's i can almost... make the potion and boom <laughs> there you go it's almost surprising that there's only one school nurse and that there's not like a team with all of the like kids that many kids learning magic hundreds. you would think that there would be way more hundreds of kids yeah yeah that you is. would you're right madame pomfrey is just a whole hospital all to herself is she's just, madame yeah. pomfrey a goat i mean yeah, yeah, for sure. She is. Most definitely. Sure. 
Um, and we don't get a lot of her in the films. We need more yeah, of Madame Pomfrey. No, Humphrey. you're yeah. right. Yeah, we need more. We definitely need more. Um, uh, Malfoy could go to Dumbledore at any moment, they say. And do we get confirmation if Dumbledore knows about how Hagrid has Norbert? I would imagine Dumbledore knows because Dumbledore knows everything. But I it's kind of hard to get anything past Dumbledore. Yeah, I can't remember if we get confirmation about that later on. No, I don't think we do. Okay. Again, kid logic. Well, no, actually, in the movie, Hagrid says Dumbledore had him sent to Romedia. Oh, because mm-hmm. they had to cover up the fact that they just, you know, yeah. cut out major characters. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, I really want to see Peeves playing tennis against the wall. Um, and I thought that when Hagrid passed off Norbert and he said, there's lots of rats and brandy for the, for the, right. Trip. Right. I that was really funny. Um, and that's, and all. he's chewing the te- teddy bear's head off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's really funny. I definitely want to see that. Um, sounds like my dogs. Like, <laughs> just like getting nightmares about my dogs doing stuff like that. Okay. Um, that's all for Meek's lightning round. All right. Um, so we will, unless James, you have any other comments, dive into our peeves pleasure. Let's do this thing. All right, James, why don't you go first? Peeves pleasure. Uh, for for this scene mm. that in the film. Mm. Mm-hmm. I guess my peeves pleasure would have to be just the animation of the dragon i think it was actually really nice like you can't really like i look at it now and like you can't really tell that it's computerized or like mm-hmm. there's some there's some cues and clues as you like you can tell that it's a little like not of this world kind of scenario but i think it really fits well into the scene because it just um it it just fits with like how well and detailed they made they put the amount of effort into making him a real life dragon that we're able to kind of just like go into and be like oh that's so cool that we get to see this creature because then like you compare it to like other creatures like the centaur and um the unit well the unicorn was a prop never mind but anyways like the compare it to like other cgi effects that they did in this film and it's like you can tell sort of that they're CGI'd and they're like really bad mm-hmm. nowadays because you're just like, you're talking about literally 20 years worth of uh, worth of improvements and stuff that you kind of just got like, Ugh. but like the dragon's really nice. And I love Hagrid and Rup- like Robbie Coltrane was really good in this. And he played his like excitement of being little Hagrid mommy and, taking care of his like creatures which makes me like want more of that in haggard Mm -hmm. format to like see how he loves all of these creatures and like takes them in because he takes in every single creature like he has an acromantula for a pet he has like he has a three-headed dog which Mm. apparently he got from a breeder i learned this somewhere i don't remember where but he got he got fluffy from a greek trader so like fluffy's from greece which is interesting because that creature is basically cerberus, cerberus. The, yeah. the creature of like 
the underworld for Hades and stuff like that. So I was like, huh, they like made she like they made that little connection. And I think that was really cool. But anyways, I I really love just like that little scene as condensed as it is. Um, you can't really get mad at Hagrid and Norbert and all that cuteness. Especially the hiccuping fire and Hagrid just going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, that was funny. Um, Meeks, what was your pleasure? Uh, it, mine was also the CGI. Um, so, I mean, pretty much everything that you said, James, I thought that they did a good job with the dragon for the time period. And I think it still looks fine. Um, so yeah, that was definitely that was my pleasure. I was going to say the dragon and the CGI, but I did change it last minute um, to Fang and Ron and just the interaction between the two actors it was really funny in that scene. Like yes. Fang licking Ron's face. Yeah. Strolling all over him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, Peeves, peeves, James. My peeves, peeves. I said it before a little bit earlier in the episode. My peeves, peeves is now knowing the time difference after I've read the chapter and being and like rewatching that scene and being like, that is so unrealistic now. Like you're telling me Harry, Ron, and Hermione consciously went into Hagrid's house in the middle of the night when they weren't supposed to. When in reality, yeah. it's like they wouldn't have done that. So why would they have done that in the first place? Like if they were going to do that, they would have taken the invisibility cloak because they know they're consciously right. breaking the rules. And so like, you're telling me they got in trouble for visiting Hagrid in the middle of the night when they weren't thinking of consequences like that. It doesn't for 11 year olds, even that still doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you could try and justify that they were young, they weren't thinking, or whatever. These kids have exhibited so much thought process into everything that they do. You can't really convince me otherwise. Like, that time that time frame doesn't make sense to me, and it throws me off now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't look at this. I can't look at the scene and, and go, no, that's believable, because it's not anymore. Like, mm -hmm. what the crap. So. It's almost like um, in the third film when Harry does magic in his bedroom and then gets in trouble for doing magic. Or, yeah, third one. Yeah, right? yeah. the third one. Um, the films just make, you know, little contradictions like that often. <laughs> um, but makes what was your peeve, peeve? Um, that they left out like half the characters. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's same. Yeah. I don't really yeah. have much more to say because I feel like we definitely already covered that, but that was for sure a big peeve of mine. Yep. Mine was Char Charlie being cut. So um, let's move into our salutes then. James? My Weasley salute is going to be Hagrid. We don't really get a lot of Hagrid as well. We don't get a lot of Hagrid that I want out of Hagrid in the films. Um, Hagrid is definitely a very crucial character in many regards uh, in this book and in very many books to come. And I don't think he had a lot of time to shine in the films as much as we would have wanted him to. But this 
this one I salute just how like amazing he is again because I think I've commented in the past like how amazing he is to just befriend Harry and all that stuff but like this just shows Hagrid's true character and you have people going about making fun of him and people like accusing him of being uh, foolhardy and dangerous and all this other stuff. But in reality, he's just a big giant teddy bear. <laughs> That's all he is. Is he, he wants care and love and all this other stuff. And I'm going to make this a little sad, but really I think he's this way purposefully because he didn't get that from his parents. Hmm. His dad wasn't able to show him show him that type of affection, and his mom was out of the picture like altogether in of itself because you know giants. But he he wanted to get that love, and he never really got that love as a half giant, and so now he's using the love that he has for others as like a, a way to being able to compensate for the pain and the trauma that he probably lived through uh growing up because the poor guy gets expelled the poor guy like gets kicked out of hogwarts and like is told that he's a killer of a student because he had like a giant spider in his like little thing and like all this other stuff and he gets made fun of constantly for being half giant and monstrous and like Dumbledore's like Dolores Umbridge is the worst in like her regards of treating Hagrid like that's how literally everybody sees him but she vocalizes it the entire time um and so it's just this is going to be one of those things where I, I want them to add more to Hagrid like Hagrid got a good chunk of the films and a lot of people will say that Robbie Coltrane can't get replaced and stuff but I feel like everybody is going to benefit from more storytelling because it will give us more in-depth looks yeah. into their characters and into everything that they that they need because we don't get to see a lot of Hagrid's caring uh for others like we do in the books we 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 get a glimpse of it at most in certain circumstances and then other than that he's just a sort of supporting side character to help move the plot along mm -hmm. we don't get to delve deep into hagrid's caring side hagrid's parenting a style for creatures and kids and all this other stuff we which is what i want more of so i think he uh, I think he uh, is exhibited really well in this chapter, and I really wish that we get to see that, and so I will salute that uh, to Nanette. <sighs> Meigs, who are you saluting? Yeah, my salute is I love that even though it's um, I didn't notice it when I was younger and it's not really said explicitly um, it's not at all said explicitly I love that Charlie is a side character as much as we talked about how he shouldn't be removed from the films i mean because he shouldn't um he's still a side character and he you know he's not at the front of what's going on and ron you know has a very complicated relationship with all of his siblings particularly with all of his older brothers and so we know as the readers that ron has all of those insecurities and he has those complicated feelings with his family and doesn't really know where he fits in and you know we know that all of these brothers are older but we don't always get examples of his brothers taking care of him. Mm -hmm. And I love that they write 
he writes to his brother like he know obviously it makes sense that charlie takes care of dragons or trains dragons and so it makes sense like oh yeah he should norbert should go with um charlie so it, it fits because of what charlie does but you know ron writes to him out of the blue who we don't know how much ron and charlie actually communicate and so to us ron writes to charlie out of the blue and charlie without hesitation writes back of course you know my friends are coming to visit and i'll have them stop by and um you know he signs it love charlie and it's Mm -hmm. just it to me it shows as i'm older it shows that his older brother with even with complicated relationships and him not being somebody that we see Ron like going to for advice or for help or anything like that, his older brother will just totally help him with carrying an illegal animal, you know, <laughs> in the middle of the night, like he'll send his friends to go do that. And I, as, as I'm older and reading this, I appreciate that a lot more because I think that that is really meaningful that Ron is able to do that he's able Mm -hmm. to know that his brother is without question going to help him with something really serious like that and his brother isn't like chastising him at all like why are you involved in this like you know right just is like yeah of course he would (laughs) yeah he'll just he just yeah oh my goodness um i also put charlie as my salute um for all the same reasons that you just did really i mean he played such an integral part of this chapter for not even like being in the flesh in this chapter just being a present character um moved pieces where they needed to go so um sad to see him cut from the films but i'm saluting him well any final thoughts before we hop off here friends nope I went through everything. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for causing havoc with us today, listeners. Next time, we will be discussing Chapter 15, The Forbidden Forest. This is an hour and 42 minutes and 32 seconds to an hour and 50 minutes and four seconds if you are following along with us. James, where can everybody find you? They can find me at James M. Beltran on instagram and tiktok and uh yeah meeks you can mainly find me on instagram at megan m-e-g-a-n underscore lachowski l-a-c-h-o-w-s-k-i and then from there you can find all of the other projects that i'm a part of and you can find me sarah day on instagram at captain.mcd that's m-c-d-e-e and you can also find all of my other projects linked there. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and TikTok at Peeves Gabfest. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen and leave a five-star review if you're as mischievous as we are. If you have feedback, you know we love it. Leave us a voicemail at 409-422-3378. That's 409-GABFEST. Or email us at peevesgabfest at gmail.com. You can also join in on the discussion on the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash peevesgabfest. And remember to join that Reddit as well for the weekly discussion question. Until next time, the cool firsties. <laughs> <laughs>